We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Wednesday, April fifth, two thousand twenty-three, and a new episode for me. And I've got some new friends. Well, I only have one of them with me tonight, along for the ride. But I'm going to be uh, for draft season here moving forward. I will be with Brennan Rupp. You can find him at the Packers Wire, uh, formerly of Game On Wisconsin and various other platforms as well. That's where I know him. And then, of course, as seems to be a yearly tradition at this point, we've replaced some of the other parts. But Owen Reese and I are reunited once again. And Owen, I have two questions that I want to get to before we start with our topic tonight. Number one, and this is the one that all the people are wanting to know. Did your wife ever text you back? No, I think her chargers lost or probably her phone died. You know, like it's, you know, cell phone coverage can be kind of spotty sometimes. Like it's, I'm sure she's as busy. Like that very well could be. And my second question is, do you know your RAS score? It would not be very good. <laughs> <laughs> now my weight, my, my height and well, no, the, the height would be bad. The weight would be okay. Um, shuttles might be all right, but the vert's going to be real bad. So we're just going to leave it at that. What is your 40 time these days? I wonder, like, I think my peak was like five one and that was years and years ago. Yeah, I think if I could get a five three, I'd probably be pretty happy. 
Really? Okay. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm down to like 280. So. Okay. Okay. So that's pretty, I mean, yeah, that's pretty solid. So uh, anyways, there you go. Okay. Well, jokes aside, everybody, welcome to the show tonight. We are talking about various different things. We'll have profiles uh, on a given week. We'll have, I think one week we're doing the tight ends class. Um, We might have some pretty cool information that Brennan's working on uh, today, actually, as we speak. So that's pretty cool. Uh, just going through some stuff. Brandon not able to make it tonight. Uh, he is on South Dakota State's campus and potentially talking uh, with Tucker Craft. I don't want to make any promises on that, but that is certainly a possibility. The first question I have tonight, because we do have some offensive linemen. I uh, know, and we were talking about this a little bit pre-show, and I know um, Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Company has talked about it quite a bit about how they have 11 guys that they rostered and they brought them all back. But what I want to talk about specifically, and, and maybe one of these guys maybe can fit this mold. Um, But the Packers, they have three guys on their roster that have played tackle in the NFL. uh, Three guys that have started uh, for that. Well, four, if you include Royce Newman, but I think it's pretty safe to say that Newman is not a guy that you want playing tackle unless you're in like dire, dire straits, but Zach Tom, Josh Nyman, David Bakhtiari, all three or two of those three players, I should say, are essentially on expired contracts. Nyman is a second round tender this year. We'll see if he remains with the team. My guess is that he will. And then David Bakhtiari, we know the deal there. I still think he's possibly an extension candidate if he can get through the season healthy. And I don't think you just kick elite level left tackles out in the name of salary cap space, especially when like the reality is by next year, once this Rogers trade goes through and blah, 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 Green Bay can afford him. So I don't see the point there, but what is your, you know, zero being like, hey, this team is rostering MVP Aaron Rodgers and first round pick Jordan Love like they have at quarterback for the last couple of years. Ten being basically the tight end position this year where it's like they don't have bodies at all. They need to grab somebody. But what's your needs assessment level for the just the tackle position for this Packers team? I'd say like a like a four. Um, because and, and you're, I agree with you. You're right, Bakhtiari. Regardless of the injuries, uh, regardless of of missing the games and stuff like that, like if he's healthy, he's too good to get like to not have right. Like he's even if even if you're paying for 85 percent of David Bakhtiari at 32 years old, like that's still better than 90 percent of the league has a left tackle. Um, so I think that's something that you you probably pay a bit of a tax for, but like, that's, that's, he's too good to get rid of. And like, that's one of those things too, where even if, even if they can't afford him, and your argument is still like, Oh, well, he's, he's still more expensive. We can give whatever. I promise what you're going to get back is not what you're going to like. You're not going to be able to replace what you have for what you think you're saving to do so. Right. Like I have a, we, I think some of us, some, you know, some listeners may not know you and I know this. Um, I coached Quinn Miners in, in college and now at right guard for the Broncos, they just paid Mike McGlinchey way too much money um, to play right tackle for the Broncos for the simple sake of he's an upgrade and he's solid and you know what you're going to get. Like I remember Quinn saying like, I, I'm so happy. I know who I'm playing next to every game, right? Like that security and that like stability at the position is worth quite a bit of money now. And David Bakhtiari, I would take 10 times out of 10 over Mike McGlinchey, right? So like, Whatever you think savings you're gonna get, like I promise you're gonna have less of a player for probably like, like the ratio for player to money will not be better, right? So like you might as well keep them. 
Yosh Nyman is an interesting thing to me because he hasn't really played a ton. Like he's played enough, right? But like not enough to where I would feel comfortable like giving him anything above like a fairly modest extension to kind of like maybe it's like a two-year modest extension to like show like, well, if you think you're good, like then let's see it. And then in two years, well, if you if you deserve some money, we'll give it to you. Um, we discussed this before the show. Uh, I scout for the East-West Shrine Bowl. We had evaluated Zach Thomas as a center, uh, which he had played earlier in his career at Wake Forest. Um, the weight will, is going to continue to be an issue, I think, as far as him playing, um, kind of having to play tackle because it's tough to play center in the NFL unless you're Jason Kelsey at 290 pounds. Uh, but player. the – I mean – the talent is there. I, I don't feel like I don't. I I unless I mean, unless you're playing Miles Garrett, right? Like I, I don't think you're going into some game thinking like the Packers tackle position is a complete liability. And for that sake, like I'm going to give them a four. I mean, do I feel that there's uh you know like do I feel like they're above improvement? No. Right, like they, I mean, like you can do better than Yosh Nyman. You can do better than Zach Tom. They might be nice players and whatever, but um, so I, I would stick with a four. Uh, I, I don't think it's a position that if someone truly falls, that that's something that you ignore. Um, you know, if a, I'm I'm sure he's not their type, but for the sake of this discussion, someone like if Dewan Jones fell to 45, um, I think that's something that you have to consider. Just simply saying, like, well. He has a year to sit behind the Ocean Nyman if he doesn't beat him out because we're not going to pay. You know, if we get a right tackle, then we're not going to pay Nyman. And Tom can continue to be a swing player or, um, you know, or bump inside, right? So, Start at center, potentially. Right. Like, yeah. That's, so, that's I mean, a conversation that, we've we've had on this platform before. The other, I mean, you said 45. For me, and granted, I said this the other day, I know, like, maybe I overvalue – offensive linemen and pass rushers. Maybe that is a thing that I have, but I wouldn't ignore offensive tackle at 15. Like I know that seems early to some people when you have three theoretical starters on your roster, but you know, I also mentioned the contentious nature of that position. Nyman may not be around. Bakhtiari may not be around. Bakhtiari. I mean, I'm in the camp of keeping him as well, but I also God understand. Forbid, God forbid he tweaks his knee again and he may never play football again, right? Like it's, and then all Correct. of a sudden, then you're really, um, you know, up a creek without a paddle because now your two tackles were your depth kind of cushion and now they are your guys. And now right. you're contemplating do we have to bump Elton out to tackle for the sake of getting our best tackles, right? Like, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, trust me, like you're never going to get much of an argument for me about, um, making sure that, that the trenches are strong on both sides. Um, but I mean, it's something for sure that if, if they really value a guy um, very, very highly in this draft that, you know, it's to, like I said, I, I, you can never be good enough up front. There is not no. one team in the NFL that has enough good offensive linemen. Um, and you see no, that on a weekly basis, you know, it, you're half the teams in the league are a guy getting hurt away from being like, we're asking who to block Aaron Donald and then right. you're mandatory doubling him, which then frees up other guys. Right. So, I mean, like it's the. It changes your entire call sheet, right? That's right. your entire game plan. And you're talking about like 
the Packers, for example, in 2021, when Bakhtiari was injured and and out, like came back, then left. Elton Jenkins blew his knee out. Like I think they played 10 offensive linemen that year. Last year, they played quite a few of them. Now, some of that was because of like Jake Hansen playing was a coach's decision. We can argue whether that was a good idea or not, but yeah, I shouldn't do that anymore. Right, exactly. You know, Rice Newman played, then you've got Tom and just all these other guys that played. They had a wide range of of players that played last year. And like you said, that is a position where, you know, Gutekunst has made hay on the third day of the draft as far as just drafting two or three guys at a time. And it's been three each of the last three years, if memory serves. But I, I think that, you know, at worst, for example, if they pick a guy like, say, it's Peter Skaronsky or Paris Johnson, or, you know, if those guys are available, then it's, hey, he's our long-term right tackle if we want to keep Bakhtiari. Or he's Bakhtiari's replacement if that doesn't work out. That's some nice insurance to have on that. I just think the way Green Bay has done things, they're always usually, well, I shouldn't say always, but they're usually a year ahead of things than a year late on things. Now, with some of the other needs on the roster, that's where you kind of have this balancing act when it comes to the draft. Do you draft for not just immediate, like the Packers needs, for example, they don't have an immediate need at offensive tackle. I think you can, that's where Owen comes in with the four type of out of 10. They have immediate needs at other positions. They don't have tight ends on the roster. They don't have safeties on the roster, you know, so on down the line. I don't have to keep going through all that stuff with you guys. But I also think, and just to get into a little philosophical discussion with you guys here as we enter draft season, I know this is boring. Like when I say this is my strategy for the Packers, this, this particular draft season. But, you know, the last, basically since Matt LaFleur took over, the national narratives and, and the fan narrative has kind of been just fix this one position and the Packers are good enough to win the Super Bowl. You know, they lose in 2019 to the San Francisco 49ers and it was, well, find another weapon, maybe do some stuff with the defensive line. But in the first round, you definitely want to make sure you add another weapon with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, they didn't do that. They drafted Jordan Love. That's not really the point I'm getting at, though. The next year, you're talking cornerbacks. And, and wide receivers. It's been receiver basically every single year, but the Packers are not in a, in a state right now where they can do that. This team is not good enough. Like next year, they're not winning the Super Bowl, most likely. Maybe something crazy happens and they're able to, but like they're not winning the Super Bowl next year. So if you're not doing that, this is where I think your your strategy is, again, boring, but pick the best available player. And maybe that's an offensive lineman. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a pass rusher. Maybe that's a receiver. Maybe that's a corner. Like, I just don't know what that is, but what's your, I mean, has that, that's kind of my take most years, but you know, this year, even more so with that, what's your take in general on like draft strategy when it comes to this stuff? Yeah, I think their window is closed to an extent, right? Like, I mean, we're, we're willing to see uh, if Jordan Love can be the guy, right? Like that's, we're willing to see if, if he's the, the next in line or if they really need to attack the quarterback position again. But as far as uh, I, I think you're hundred percent, right? Like this is a bit of a, uh, a sabbatical from the, the win now every year thing to now all of a sudden we are, we're trying to load up and we're trying to say like, we're going to continue to add good players and we're actively trying to winning win, right? Like we're not tanking. That's not, that's not the thought, but we are going to take a year, maybe two away from the one year at a time, all in strategy. And it's going to become, Again, maybe we need to, um, you know, you and I, you and again, 
my affinity for for big people um, will will never die. But the the it's it's always easier for me like think of the Packers like a car, and Jordan Love is a really sweet engine, right? But like the engine runs great. That that's cool. We're we're gonna see. It's capable of going fast. I don't know if it's gonna break down or not, but it's capable of going fast. So like this year and maybe even next year are gonna be great times to like get some new tires. Yeah. Right. And and we're gonna we're gonna get some new tires and we're gonna get that transmission rebuilt and uh, we're probably going to um, you know make sure everything's greased right and then we're gonna fill it up with gas right like it doesn't need a paint job it doesn't need um, you know it might need a, it might need to get a new windshield right like it doesn't need a new paint job it doesn't need new rims it doesn't need whatever. Um, this is kind of a chance now where over the last three to four years, it has kind of been patching holes, right? It's been an attempt to, we're so close. We just need one guy. Aaron Rodgers isn't here anymore. Devontae Adams isn't here anymore, right? Like the, the, the Packers still have every capability of being a nice little football team, but the premier talent on the offensive side right now is simply not there. Christian Watson maybe in two years, right? Depending on what may happen, you know, Romeo Dubs is a nice player and, and they can add, Right, but the the concept of um, you know like our, our playoff window is is gone, right? Like that is a our Super Bowl window is no longer present until if Jordan Love becomes what the Packers front office drafted him to be um, in two to three years, that may open back up. Then with a replenished um, you know offensive and defensive line and defensive backfield and and maybe another receiver or two over the next couple of years, but it's certainly not some dire concern and in a uh, you know, uh, every single time that Odell Beckham's name gets tweeted, well, all of a sudden, like, well, why aren't the Packers trying to sign him, right? Like, that is no longer the case. We're not looking for, um, you know, we're not we're not looking for the new paint job that's going to win the car show. Like, we're simply trying to get the car to the show, right? So it's the, um, you know, kind of replenishing and building up on the things and the foundation of your team at this point, uh, which which will ironically in turn give Jordan Love the tools to succeed if he is capable of doing so, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you're looking for ingredients he, and like foundations, not finishing touches. That's what like right. Otto Beckham and Whitney Merciless and like these players that have come in for ring chasers. You know, like when right. Miami had LeBron and Wade and all those guys, they were looking at Ray Allen and Antoine Shane Battier and sure those guys. You know, guys that like you know the Milwaukee Bucks are grabbing now. The Packers. That's not what they're looking for. You know, a successful season the last three years with Aaron Rodgers, really the last 10 with Aaron Rodgers has been win the championship, like win the last game of the year. Whereas now this year, this a successful season for the Packers is like making the playoffs. And that's going to be an interesting adjustment. And I know like the pushback that I'll get is, Jacob, it's called title town and they call it that for a reason. And like, that's great. But like, it's also not. That guy realistic. ain't in town anymore. No. And, and it's like, you know, if, unless the Packers, you know, and here's the reality is some of us, I think are operating under the assumption of like, well, Jordan love is good. And he's just going to pick right up where he left off. We have no idea. I have no idea if Jordan love is any good. I have no idea if Jordan love is bad. Like what I'm saying, I have no idea. I mean, I have no idea at all about any of it. And we have seen, we have not seen enough on either side of that coin to say we know anything. And like, the, the Eagles game is great. Jordan Love himself said that it was, they weren't sending pressure. It was kind of basic coverages. He didn't use the word prevent. 
And great. He looked good. I'm not trying to dispute that. I'm not trying to even down him for it. It's just. Yeah. Using one half of football to, to validate your fan optimism is not what I'm going to get in the business of doing. Um, and so I, yeah, I would, I would agree with you. I think a successful season for green Bay is they go 10 and seven and they push for the division and maybe get a wild card. And then because, and we talked about this a bit before the show as well, if you win 10 games with Jordan love, I'm willing to bet that we're seeing the improvement and seeing the gains that would, that would continue your foray into the Jordan love experience. Um, but at, at that point, again, it's he is showing improvement and the team is probably overachieving to a slight degree, and that would be a successful year. Um, again, maybe setting themselves up for in two to three years to make another few runs at it. But that's that's kind of where I, I think we're in the same spot with that. Absolutely. One of the questions from ESPN Madison today was if the Packers went 4-13 and 13, but Love looked better, would you find that to be a successful season? And I was my take on that is those two things – there's a very narrow path for those two things to go hand in hand. Like chances are if the Packers are four and 13, the Jordan Love did not. Yeah. Jordan Love did not have a good season. Like there's, and in that case, if green Bay's four and 13, I mean, listen, that's part of the, part of what we're looking at here is with the Packers, everything's on the table. You know, next year we could be talking about, Oh man, green Bay found the next great quarterback and they're just going to keep on this run. We could be talking about how Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekunst and Jordan Love all got fired. Because if they go three and 14, that's not, you know, four and 13, whatever, that's not out of the realm of possibility. And frankly, if they're that bad, those three probably deserve to get fired. That's just the nature of the business that we're, that we're living in nowadays. But let's get to our main topic for tonight. Uh, we've got three gentlemen that the, the Packers uh, could potentially be looking at here. They all profile as interior linemen. Uh, one of them, Maybe he could play offensive tackle. That's Cody Mock out of North Dakota State. Um, had a chance to speak with him two weeks ago on the Gold Zone, which you can catch over at Game on Wisconsin. Cool guy. Um, really enjoyed speaking with him, just kind of going through what his process was. I was a little disappointed to learn that he was a Vikings fan growing up, considering you know that could go one way or the other with, with where he's born and where he's from and all that stuff. But Cody Mock, Steve Avila, and Joe Tipman. So, Oh, and real quick, just Joe Tipman's a guy I know that you you saw you were at his pro day a couple a week ago, two weeks ago, something like that. Just that's probably the one you have the most intimate knowledge about. So what's you know what's your take on him and where where he could fit in Green Bay? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, yeah, actually, I wasn't Madison for the pro day, but he's actually hurt. His personal pro day will actually be on Friday in Madison on the 7th. Um, so he'll be back up there. Scouts will be back uh, in Madison for Tippman. He's a guy who was a four-star tackle out of high school. He's an Indiana kid. Uh, was brought in. Uh, he was like one of five four-star above tackles brought in in two years by the Badgers. So at a certain point, you knew like someone's getting bumped inside, right? Like this just doesn't work this way. Um, and Joe ended up playing uh, scout team center his redshirt freshman year and kind of ended up in there uh, and has started there the last two years. He's a bigger cat for a center. He's probably six five and a half or six six and three hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, the biggest thing that I've always been impressed with is that he moves really well. Um, Braylon Allen's rise to prominence a couple of years ago, before Bob Bostad came back in, was a lot of outside zone stuff with Joe Rudolph um, when when Allen was a freshman, and a lot of that, and, and some pin and pull stuff, and a lot of that came with Joe Tippman getting on the perimeter as a puller as a center, which you do not see very much unless you have a dude at center. Um, and something he, Green Bay does quite a bit with yeah. with Josh Myers. That's something that I, I've pointed it out a couple times. And Myers has gotten a lot of flack for the way he has or hasn't played the last couple of years. But that ability for him to move like that, I'm not comparing the two players because Jason Kelsey's probably the best player in the position at the position in the NFL. But like, there's five guys that are capable of doing that really well at that position. So that's something that, that interests me about if they were to pick someone like Tippman. Now you're saying he played guard um, tackle when he was coming in center, obviously is where he played at Wisconsin, but is there a potential for him to play guard? Is that something you could see him doing? I would say, yeah, I, I think it's probably either guard or, or center for him. I think Landon Dickerson kind of had that same labels, like somewhere on the interior, he will figure it out. He's been very good at left guard with Philadelphia. Um, I think that <clears throat> Tippmann's a guy that is an upper level athlete for an interior offensive lineman. Uh, and so that that'll help him quite a bit. He's to me, like his lateral agility, his ability to move in space is really enticing, but I also, he's a very good pass protector. Um, and that's what, um, he maybe f- strays a bit from most Badgers uh, in that aspect early. I, I don't, um, I don't anticipate any issues with him in pass pro. Um, and again, too, I think him playing center, there's always the the mental side of the game and the ability to diagnose and read stunts, other games, um, you know, and kind of being in charge of the entire offensive line uh, at the center position. I think that's something that even if he bumps to guard, right? Like the more, the more centers you can have on your offensive line, um, the better. And so I think that that's something we're, and we've seen, right, like someone like Royce Newman has really struggled to diagnose stunts and those types of games in-game. Um, I think with a guy like Tittman at guard, I don't think that's an issue, um, and I think that goes a long way to helping sure that up. Um, and again, and we, this is another hypothetical not to get into this, but in another world where Elton Jenkins ends up back at tackle, I think loading up on interior guys, Tittman's a guy that could play guard or center, um, kind of like Elton Jenkins. I don't think Tittman can play tackle, right? But that similar versatility is something the Packers have shown the uh, the affinity for in the past, and I think that's something that 
Titman would, would be a pretty easy um, transition for them or a pretty easy fit for them. Yeah, and if you look at it, like Zach Tom, he might play tackle for the team. He might be the team's starting center. Like, I just don't know. One of the issues you can run into is who's the backup center? You know, the Packers don't have a ton of – like, Jake Hansen's on the roster currently, but I don't think he's going to make the team if we go all things considered. Between now and August, what can happen and who can be added – John Runyon, I know they said has snapped in practice before, but he never played center at Michigan in a game or anything like that. So he's never got game experience on something like that. Elton Jenkins has played center for them, um, I think, a few games during the 2020 season. I don't remember exactly when, but I know he's played in there before. But I, I am wanting to see, if nothing else, with this Packers offensive line. Under LaFleur, Stenovich, and Butkus, they have, I am a massive, I went to the Mike McCarthy and James Campen school of thought of leaving guys in the same spots. And the best Packers offensive line I have ever personally seen in my lifetime was that 2014 group where Bakhtiari, Sitton, Lang, Lindsley, and Balaga all played the same position and 15 of 16 games in Balaga's case, all 16 games for the other case. You've got the, the rest of the team, you know, the Packers have kind of pissed in the face of that. Like they move guys around every game. It feels like, like, and last year it almost felt like a departure of that, that they really, once they started and were able, some of this is health related, but eventually they kind of let some guys get settled in and Hey, this is the position you're playing and you got to cross train. And I know, like we said, there's a war of attrition on the offensive line, but there's a lot of different things that you have to be able to figure out. And I, I just want to see the Packers. Oh no, Zach, uh, Josh Myers got hurt. Zach Tom's playing right tackle. Well, we're not going to move Tom into center and play a new tackle and move this guy here and move this guy there. Instead, we're just going to put Joe Titman in there and he's our backup center. Or, you know, Josh Myers would be a backup center in the scenario I just gave you guys on something like that. So that part is interesting to me. The other two guys we have, and we're running a little short on time because I ran along with the pre-stuff, but Cody Mock and Steve Avila, both guys project as inside players. I think all three of these guys that we've talked about really project as inside players on this year's team, but what's your take on those two guys? Uh, they're quite a bit different. Um, I think Cody mock is probably pretty similar to uh, Dylan Radins from the aspect of you think a guy coming from North Dakota state is going to be some big 340 pound road grader um, freak show. And, and mock is a good lineman. Um, but I think he's a guy that that's probably a bit more. Um, he's not quite as gifted athletically I think is what he's been perceived to be. Uh, we discussed this a bit and I am certainly not here to take any attention away from any big fella for any reason. Um, but I, for a lot of the intrigue and appeal to Cody mock seems to be that he doesn't have front teeth, um, which is a thing. And again, like I, I mentioned to you, right? Like Quinn miners benefited from the belly thing. It's a gimmick. Um, but mocks a guy to me that I think has been maybe a, just a tad overinflated in this class. Uh, I think that he would be, probably a better fit at guard. I think he could probably get you out of a game at tackle, which does serve quite a bit of value. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he's a guy, I think that like the, a little bit different, but someone in that John Runyon type of mold of like probably like a kind of sawed off tackle. Uh, that's a good run blocker. He's a, a good enough athlete, especially if he bumps inside the guard. Um, he's always going to have that nasty disposition in the run game coming from North Dakota state um, and kind of being involved in that culture. Um, but and this is something that the Packers have strayed away from a little bit. He is a 24 year old rookie. 
Um, so that'll be something to consider. Steve Avila to me is a guy who is a purely guard only, um, more of a, more of a gap scheme, more of a power scheme, uh, inside zone guard. Um, I think you saw a lot of that in the, uh, the national championship game. He's not, he's not unathletic, but he's not a plus athlete. And I think that's something where in Green Bay's wide zone scheme, as long as they're going to continue to do that, I think someone like Avila is probably not quite a uh, a perfect fit. I mean, can, can you make it work? Yes. Are you going to turn away Steve Avila from being on your football team? No. I do think he's a talented kid. Um, but as far as the uh, the pure fit goes, I would say that Mock, with his tackle background, um, is probably more of a likely Packer target than Steve Avila, who would probably uh, be a great fit for the Baltimore Ravens or the Cleveland Browns, uh, kind of more of those power-based offenses as opposed to where the Packers are kind of looking to be athletic up front and really move things around and let their backs make everything right. Um, I think Avila is probably more geared towards a gap scheme than Tittman or Malk are, uh, where, you know, like we are running through the B gap on this play and we're going to get a down block and a kick out. Um, so I think that's kind of where, um, again, I'm certainly not saying that Steve Avila can't play in zone schemes. I think it's just not quite like his his ideal fit in the NFL. And I think for that reason, the Packers uh, won't value him quite so highly. That part will be interesting. You know, that's the part where the Packers, you know, and I'm not telling any, this is pretty much common knowledge at this point. If you have blindside tackle experience and can kick inside, the Packers mm-hmm. typically like you. That was the deal with Zach Tom last year. Uh, that was the deal with Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, name your, yeah, yeah, name your Packers offensive line pick for the last 30 years or something like that. That's That just seems to be the way that they've done things. So that's going to do it uh, for this edition of the Packaday Podcast. Hopefully next week we have Brennan and not my additional co-host that I have down here. So she wanted to make a couple of points, and that was good. They were all great, better than any analysis you'll find from either one of us. You can follow right. me personally. I'm on Twitter. I am at Jacob Westendorf. Get yourself a copy of that Green Bay Draft Guide. You can pre-order it today for $8.99, and it comes out April 10th. So it'll be Monday in your guys' emails if you bought one. You can follow Owen. He's at Reese Draft uh, and keep up with the the East West Shrine Bowl. Uh, that's obviously come and gone by this time of the year, but a lot of interesting stuff. And he's going to pro days and stuff like that. He's a big deal. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.